Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Live from CBS Radio Studios in New York City, it's the DA Show with your host, Damon Amendolara. Featuring Pat Boyle and the musical sounds of the Zap Zap Orchestra. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's DA. Alright, and a happy Tuesday to you, everybody. It is a trash Tuesday, so bring us your trashes. Coming up in 20 minutes, Brandon Cristal. He covers the Colorado Buffaloes, among other things, around the Denver sports scene. So he'll join us from KOA in Denver coming up in 20 as we talk a little Buffs football. Also, next hour, Barrett Salee, college football analyst for CBS Sports on the larger narratives of week one of the college football season. Get your college football fixings now for the national media because once Thursday rolls around, it'll be swallowed up by the NFL, except here, where we always take care of you. Also coming up this hour, Kyler Murray's a captain? But over the weekend, Saturday, big noon kickoff on Fox featured the Colorado Buffaloes, who would never be featured there in that big-time national televised window if it were not for Deion Sanders. So even before they kicked off, the Buffs had benefited from having Dion as head coach. And so now things have changed quite dramatically because coming off of a one-win season, I think many expected very little out of the Buffs and that here they are taking on a, a ranked team, albeit not as good as the one that went to the national championship game last year, but still a ranked TCU program and matching their total wins from last season on one afternoon. Second down to 10 for the 25. There's a swing pass out of the backfield, a little screen caught by Dylan Edwards. He's got men in front of him running at the 30 to the near sideline to 35-40. Up the sideline, here he goes! 35 on his way to the end zone! 15-10-5, touchdown! Oh, the young man out of Derby, Kansas! He is lightning, he is quick, he is streaking! A run and a catch of 75 yards! My son, man. My pot right here, My son, man. my other son. Man, I'm loving these kids. Rick George for giving me this opportunity, man. This is a blessing. Everybody, Buff Nation, who supported us in all the hood that had my back. I thank y'all. God, this is good. <laughs> Woo! And that was Dion after the game to Fox. That was Mark Johnson, who's doing the play-by-play for the Buffaloes. He joined us earlier in the summer for the Sounds of Saturday because we knew that Colorado's interesting, whether they're good or bad, they're interesting. And... They have an inherent attention advantage because of their head coach. 
We don't really know whether Deion Sanders can consistently coach well at the Power 5 level. He's got no resume on that. However, we know he won at the FCS level, and we know he brings a massive brand with him. And there are things to like about Deion and things to dislike, and I understand them both. The things that I like about Deion Sanders is that he's shaking up what has traditionally been a very stuffy position. College football coaches, by and large, have been like Jim Harbaugh. They want to be something that they see in their dads or their grandfathers or the greatest generation. You know, everybody wants to be Bear Bryant, some type of intense, rule-with-an-iron-fist type of guy that are based on old-school values and toughness and making boys into men and all of that. And, you know, it's it's kind of exhausting because a lot of these guys are just trying to fill that same role. And Dion's really not. Dion's doing this his own way. A lot of these guys, they, they don't want to let the cameras too close. They worry about the scrutiny. They worry about embarrassment of their kids. They worry about how close we can get. And Dion's blowing that up. He's like, I want cameras, our own camera crew in the facility every single day, putting out content. Most of these coaches want to diminish expectations. Nick Saban, we rat poison. We're not going to be very good. We'll, we'll lose every game. If we play that way, Dion, do you believe? We believe we can be great. You know, nobody ever does this. So in that way, I appreciate Dion. I also appreciate him in this way. He is making a program that's been completely irrelevant matter one way or the other. Either you are totally in hook, line, and sinker on Dion and Colorado football, and you want him to win every game to prove people wrong, and you love this. You love the pizzazz. You love the noise. You love the flash. You love Dion. That's what he's always been. Or you hate this. And seeing Dion get punched in the face, proverbially, you you want desperately to see. You want him to get his comeuppance. That's that's good. That that's interesting. And for a long time, college football, one of the reasons that I really love college football is that unlike the NFL, college coaches throughout the years have been able to be characters. And we've gotten farther and farther away from that as college football has desired to be a more uniform monolithic NFL type of, of league. You know, when you have Oregon playing Rutgers in a conference game, you're diluting the regionality of it. You're diluting the little regional kingdoms that, that people build. And you're asking everybody to be more uniform, that everything's kind of the same. And we want a coast-to-coast conference. That's what we want. We want multiple time zones for multiple windows of viewing. It's like no fan of the SEC ever used to view viewership windows or TV windows as important. Nobody that ever watched the Big Ten was like, you know what I would really love? 
If we had programs on the East Coast and programs on the West Coast, that we could have a coast-to-coast conference. Nobody ever rooted for that. And coaches could be characters. Coaches exist in their own little weird kingdoms. And for better or worse, they, they could be oddballs. And we've gone away from that because now college coaches can be NFL coaches and go back to college, vice versa. Coordinators come from the NFL to college. And Dion's kind of from an era of like the swashbuckling 70s and 80s where you know, college football was really rough around the edges. It was really bizarre and really chaotic, and he's kind of from that era. So I I appreciate that part as well. I think this was the perfect storm in many ways for Colorado, and I wouldn't be surprised if this is close to the best day of Colorado's season. What I mean by that is Colorado's better than we gave them credit for, They got a lot of transfer kids that clearly are playing well together early. And Travis Hunter and Shador Sanders, his son, are clearly elite players. They've got better talent than people gave them credit for. And TCU's not as good as last year. So if TCU was unranked this year, that doesn't feel as big of a win. If they weren't coming off the national championship game, which this is a much different team, it doesn't feel like a seismic win as much as it does today. Also, they happen to play the big the big Saturday noon kickoff on Fox, so everybody could watch that on a holiday weekend. That game was a really fun game. That was a that was a great college football game. If that game is played October 15th, it gets a fraction of the attention. It just happened that it was week 1 and all the people that usually talk about the NFL can't talk about the NFL in full until Thursday. So they got to talk about something. And here's an NFL star legend that they can talk about on a Monday to Tuesday. This is a Colorado season that is not going to end up in the Pac-12 championship game. You look at their schedule and they're not going to win at Oregon. They shouldn't beat USC. They shouldn't beat Utah. These are really good teams. But four and eight might be seven and five. And that's a hell of a turnaround for Colorado. Now, does America pay attention to a seven and five Colorado team by the time that mid-October rolls around? Eh, I doubt it. We're into NFL season. But it's an amazing turnaround. And so I think expectations do change based on yesterday or based on Saturday because That game was not supposed to be a game Colorado could win. And now they can win it. Which means you have toss-up games all across the board now. They should probably beat Nebraska. They get Nebraska at home. Nebraska put up 10 points in week one. They should probably be able to beat the Cornhuskers. That's 2-0. Then they get Colorado State at home. They should probably win that game. That's 3-0. Now, If you chalked up losses to Oregon, USC, maybe Oregon State, who's ranked in Utah, okay, that's four losses in there. But if you can beat TCU on the road, you can probably beat Arizona State on the road. You can probably beat Stanford at home. Might be able to beat at UCLA. Might be able to beat Arizona. Might be able to go to Washington State and win. 
I mean, so you start finding wins where you were finding losses. That's the difference in Saturday. The difference in Saturday is not suddenly that they're a college football playoff contender. They're going to win the Pac-12. The difference is now toss-up games, you could say, I could see Colorado winning those games. And again, that's the type of thing that takes you from three wins to seven wins. And that's significant. And I said this in hour number one. What we couldn't have known, it's, it's fun to poke fun at the experts, but what you can't know, you can look at the roster and say, this kid came from this FCS school, this kid came from this low group of five school. How does that play at the Power Five level? How does that play in the Pac-12, next year the Big 12? But what you can't know is buy-in. And Dion was really smart. Dion hired good assistant coaches, experienced good assistant coaches, to handle the schematics. And Dion's handling the belief, the motivation, the cohesion, that type of spiritual center that a, that a great team needs to have. So I'm here for you. I'm going to coach you hard, but I love you. We're all in this thing together. I want what's best for you. This We're player forward. We're going to play a scheme that you're going to get attention in. I want to get you to the league. I want to get you to the NFL. I've been to the NFL. I'm out with the old, in with the new. If you were here as part of a one-win team, I don't want you. You're a bum. I want my guys. I'm bringing my guys. These are, All of that stuff has clearly led to a team that believes is probably better than its talent would suggest. It's got better talent than probably people thought, but also it's got a belief. You know, they, they went into that game, and it was like, we'll show you, because this is who we know we are. And that's the first element of changing any type of culture. So that part of Dion, that's a real thing. That's that's a real dynamic. That's a real... It's hard to put your finger on tangibly, but it it's real. Those guys really believe it. And that's really... That's what matters is if they believe they're great. And if they believe they're great, you know, you can do great things. So expectations have to change after week one. They have to. TCU's not as good as they were last year. That might be their best win of the season. A TCU might be a 6-6 six and six team this year. But it changes all of the toss-up games. And it changes what you can expect early in a season where how quickly can you get guys to buy in? Well, he got it really early. When we come back here on the show, we'll talk more about CU and the realities for Buffs football now and how this thing all came together. How did Dion land in Colorado? Did other schools say no? Financially, how did they land him? How is it being handled internally, all of this attention? We'll talk to a guy covering it all at KOA in Denver, our friend Brandon Cristal, coming up here next. DA, CBS Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I want to snort household cleaners. DA on CBS Sports Radio. No, I don't. That was taken out of context. I swear. Welcome back. DA with you. CBS Sports Radio. Listen to us on your smart speaker by telling it to play CBS Sports Radio. On a Trash Tuesday, Jeffrey says, Yo, DA, I'm trashing Mother Nature for cranking up the heat pump with temps in the upper 90s this week. Get her out. Totally gross, dude. Going to be a brutality heat-wise up here in the Northeast. Some are not quite over yet. Sparks Gang, what's going on, fellas? I'm trashing my cable company, the dispute they are in with Disney. I can't watch any channel Disney owns, which means I couldn't watch football on ESPN over the weekend. They better fix this quick. Hashtag get them out. I smell rotten eggs. Dixieland Dan trashing myself. Yesterday I had a long gaming session with a buddy with some football on my phone just chilling. Somehow over five hours, I ate an entire family-sized bag of blue tackies. This morning it's lava that sizzles in my gut. Hashtag I need dude wipes. Warm, sizzling garbage. Hashtag I need dude wipes. Yeah, those things are gross. You eat a whole bag of those? That's pretty well described. Perfect, perfectly described by Dixieland Dan. Lava sizzling in your gut. <laughs> Ugh. Colorado is enjoying a moment in the sun. As since Coach Prime has gotten there, a lot of attention on them. Joining us here to discuss and dissect our friend from KOA in Denver, anchor and reporter, Brandon Cristal. BK, good morning. Good morning, DA. Yeah, Colorado. Big rivalry week. You got Nebraska coming to town, renewing that old rivalry. I guess they've renewed it in recent years. And then the Broncos kick things off with the Raiders. So that hasn't been much of a rivalry. Not as bad as the Chiefs. 
15 straight wins, but the Raiders have won six of their last seven. Tell me how Colorado landed Dion. That is not a traditional Colorado a college football powerhouse. Dion is one of the biggest brands in college football. So how did CU get him? If you believe the story, and no one's really contradicted this, Jeremy Bloom, the former NFL, borderline NFL player, but really good college returner and obviously Olympic skier, as they were going through the process, when they decided they had to move on from Carl Durrell, Jeremy called Rick George, the AD, up and said, hey, we need to get Dion. He's the only guy that can come in and, and change change our course. And I think maybe outside of someone like Nick Saban, that might be the case. But Jeremy, Jeremy Bloom apparently kind of got the ball rolling and then reached out to every NFL person that he had any kind of relationship with that he thought might have a relationship with Dion and then had other buffs that might be along the same lines or, or guys like Michael Westbrook who played with Dion in Washington reach out and start greasing the wheels. And Dion basically agreed to take the job before he even visited Boulder. And anyone that's visited Boulder, and Dion, I know you, you spent some time on vacation here and there bouncing around Colorado over the years. Once you visit Boulder, you're like, oh, okay, now I get it. And so you got a guy that's from Florida who spent a good chunk of his adult life after playing in Texas who thinks Colorado's some hidden gem. It's like, well, a lot of people know about it. And we're kind of full at this point, so you don't need to move here. But but this place is awesome. Yes, it is. But but Deion Sanders is a Florida State guy who it knows that area of the country way more than he knows Boulder, Colorado. So was there a financial incentive? Because Colorado also is coming off a one-win season. You would imagine you would have a better better facilities or better program or more fan interest where it doesn't exist there. So... What's the financial implications that got him there? Well, he's a high state state employee, and that's typically the case at big state schools with you know a public university. And he said God called him here. That may be true, but also his salary increased ten times. He was making about a half a million dollars at Jackson State, and he's making about five million here. And he got a bunch of money for his assistants. And they decided they're not Stanford, even though they thought they were for a long time. And that's why Mel Tucker left as as big a reason as anything else was. There were kids that he had recruited to Georgia because he was obviously the defensive coordinator there that he wanted to come to Colorado, that he thought he could get to come. And I guess they told him that they would, and then he couldn't get them in. And so that's part of the reason Colorado's lagged behind is that their admission standards were higher than they needed to be in the modern college football game. And so I think knowing that he could go to a place where he could just install his son as a quarterback helped, and Travis Hunter was going to follow him to the end of the year. And he was going to bring in these guys that he has ties to or, or a, a guy like Sean Lewis, the play caller on offense. He goes and takes him off the sideline at Kent State where he's a head coach. And so he knew that he was going to have as long a leash as he needed with all the resources of the university. And, yeah, no one's going to confuse Colorado with Texas or Ohio State or even Alabama. But they do have resources and they do have a strong alumni base and an, and an okay season ticket base but it, it increased significantly when you got here and, and it maxed out and so it was kind of a sleeping giant right you say that they're not a traditional powerhouse and they haven't been but we remember when we were kids and you were growing up there in, in new york and i was growing up in texas colorado was a national brand and dion in, in less than a year has made them a national brand again brandon cristal joins us anchor reporter koa in denver after colorado's impressive week one victory now, what happens if TCU's not as good as they were last year, and this doesn't look at the end of the day to be a great win later on in the season? How significant is it still? 
I, I saw where somebody who can contextualize these things a little better. I mean, I've been here almost 20 years now, 17 years, but they said this is a top five win in program history. And I'd have a hard wow. time arguing against that, right? They had the, the lost to Notre Dame in 89 in the national championship. They had the 1990 championship win, obviously, when they split that year with Georgia Tech, but won that game. And then maybe some of Bill McCartney's big wins. The Hail Mary, probably, right? Cordell to yeah, Westbrook. Obviously, yeah, yeah, Cordell to Westbrook in the big house. But when you think about how bad they've been for 20 years, for the most part, you know, they got the one bowl game with Dan Hawkins that they lost on the field and technically won because Alabama, I guess, had some suspended players or whatever it was back then. And then I guess Carl Durrell in his first year, COVID year, goes to the Pac-12 title game. And, and I think Mike McIntyre had one good run in there in the Pac-12. And, and that was it <laughs> in 20 years. We've, we've covered all their success. It's, it's already done. And so in that year that they went to that bowl game in Freeport, they were six and six, I think. So it's it's been some lean years. And I've gone to a lot of games with there because there are days when I'm not having to cover the, the game necessarily and knowing how busy my Sunday is going to be covering the Broncos that I'll just go hang out because it's a, a great atmosphere, just like any good college football town. And you see, you can feel the, I guess, the excitement for anything, anytime anything's good. And this is just one of those things where it finally came together and it's like, okay, this is going to be something special. In fact, I've been tracking the get-in price to to the game, and it was about two seventy nine within an hour of them beating TCU, and now it's up to three forty six is the lowest get-in price, and the average ticket price is around five hundred bucks for their game Saturday, which wow. is a ten a.m. kick out here. Ten a.m. against Nebraska, they'll be the big noon game on on Big Fox. Five hundred bucks to watch Colorado Nebraska, where last year's Colorado Nebraska game. Well, the last time it was at Folsom Field, probably could get in for fifteen bucks. Yeah, that well, all the Nebraska fans will will come over and they turn it into a sea of rent. And in fact, there's a, a good piece in the Denver Post that Sean Keeler, the columnist, did that one family who has season tickets bought four more. They were allowed to buy four more for this game and spent an, an average of three hundred and thirty bucks on those tickets. It's almost two grand. But they haven't found anyone to buy them yet. They've got some feelers out there, and they said they'd rather eat the tickets than sell them to to a Nebraska fan. And they've got a whole test that they're going to ask, and they're going to make sure nobody's wow. wearing a CU jersey over their shirt. So they're doing all they can to to keep Nebraska fans out. But we know that Big Red forever has traveled strong out here, and and so it'll be really interesting to see what the crowd looks like on Saturday. It's so early, but is there concern amongst the CU alumni or administration that this is yet another stepping stone for Dion, and he could be gone instead of being there for a while? I think it depends on, you know, what God tells him to do next and how much money accompanies that, right? When you <laughs> increase your salary 10 times. So, uh, so no, you're saying Dion, God I, I think, advises via the zeros in the on the check? I, I think that I think that that's a factor, but he's gonna you know fo- follow his instincts. His son has two years on the field that he has to play right this year and next. But I, I saw this for the first time, and it and it made a lot of sense. Why wouldn't Jerry Jones give Deanna a call too? Because we know Mike McCarthy's gonna get fired, and so rather than jumping just to a, a different college program and with the, with the landscape changing and 12 teams getting into the college football playoff and a winnable Big 12 with Texas and OU leaving, you know, there's obviously good programs. Kansas on the rise. I hate to say it, but Kansas State's pretty good. We saw what TCU did in year one with Sonny Dykes. We know Baylor can put it together. Tech has a talent base. And then we'll see what all the other new schools can do. I don't know if he'd be in a hurry to race out here because we saw where Lance Leipold and, you know, I've got a Jayhawk over my shoulder. 
he could have gone to Wisconsin or Nebraska. They both were interested in Leipold because he has ties to both states. And he, I think he saw the writing on the wall, too, that as much as he likes those Big Ten programs, you've got a chance to win the league here w- with the modern Big 12. And that was before you know, Colorado and Arizona State and Arizona and Utah were joining. But I, I think that I'm not saying he's going to be here forever, and we'll see what happens when Shadur goes pro. But uh, I do think that you have to be looking over your shoulder constantly Unless he just loves it here so much, and his fiance Tracy Edmonds, the ex-wife of Babyface, the the R&B singer, nice. if they just end up loving it here, they got a nice spread there in Boulder. Uh, it's it's not as bad in the winter as you think, and it's pretty beautiful in the summer. So maybe he this is his last stop. I wouldn't bet on it, but I get I guess stranger things have happened. We see it, I see it with NFL guys all the time that play a season in Denver and then end up staying somewhere in the Denver metro area with almost no ties to the to the region. And so, and we have Dion likes to fish. So, well, I guess we'll see. Yep. It's an amazing area. Boulder's an amazing part of the country, but you're a, you're a Texan born and bred. You're a Cowboys fan at heart. And you're telling me that Mike McCarthy is going to be fired, even though I'm hearing Cowboys at the NFC championship game this year. I mean, if he makes the championship game, he's not going to get fired. You wouldn't think you wouldn't think, but when they're trading for Trey Lance, and I know that this isn't the first front office that doesn't consult the head coach, but he finds out about it kind of the same way everybody else does and isn't even, hey, what do you think? We're going to bring in Trey Lance to to just see if we can rehab him and, and get some value there or whatever, right? If, if Dak falls off a cliff or or the playoffs lost to the Niners was the beginning of the end. To not be involved in that at all, I, I'd be a, a little nervous. And so I, I – I think McCarthy is maybe the worst coach to ever won a Super Bowl or, or very high on that list. Oh, wow. And and so, look, you had Aaron Rodgers for a, a dozen years and went to one Super Bowl. I know it's not easy to get there. But the, the point is, I, I think that McCarthy, now that he's the play caller, has nobody to blame but himself. So I, I don't know if his seat's the hottest. It's probably pretty darn close. And as somebody who grew up in Dallas and, and certainly still yells at the TV when the game's on, even though I understand how the organizations run, I thought it would have been cool to see Sean Payton being around Sean Payton now and not just in passing. I'm not sure that Sean Payton and Jerry Jones would match great. So I think that a Dan Quinn world with a really good play caller or a phone call to Deion Sanders, if he not only goes to a bowl game, but wins, you know, some more big games here. And they've got some tough ones with all those NFL quarterbacks that they're going to see here in the Pac-12. But uh, I guess uh, if McCarthy makes it to the end of the year, that would surprise me more than if he doesn't. Mike McCarthy, worst coach to ever win a Super Bowl, as stated by Brandon Kristall, KOA in Denver. Wow. Uh, look, you can fire off some some names at me, you know, and somebody's like, oh, Barry Switch. I was like, well, Barry Switch had a pretty good ta- track record. I get that he had a, a ready-made team when he got there. Someone else said John Gruden. Uh, I think that John's certainly been more innovative at times. And so if, if you've got a name that you want to throw my way, I'll – I'll listen to it, but uh, I think you're going to be hard pressed to find someone you know that that you wouldn't want to take before you took Mike McCarthy to run your franchise. Wow! So you're not buying on the Jets this year? Well, because um, are you because also of Robert Sala? Well, because, oh, because of Robert Sala, and then also, I mean, so are you buying that Aaron Rodgers was then all of the championship of the Packers, or do you think that Rodgers is overrated as well for that one title if they only won once in 12 years? No, I think that Rodgers is the reason that they were even relevant for all those years. Okay. When, you know, when when the division every year is because of how good he is and how well he distributes the ball and, and protects the ball, right? The years that he has 38 touchdowns against two picks or whatever those numbers are, 
No, I think Rodgers is as good as advertised. I think there's a lot that comes with having an Aaron Rodgers. And, and that's, you know, kind of the same concession you probably make for big Hollywood stars or, you know, artists that are, whether they're musicians or actual artists that are a little crazy, right? You'll, you'll tolerate it because of their genius. And I know I think Aaron Rodgers, before Patrick Mahomes came along, maybe the best thrower of the football that we've ever seen. You know, our pal Chris Sims will say that too. And, and I'm not going to argue quarterbacks with Chris very often, but I, I was thinking that before he said it. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Then I'm, I'm believing what I see too, that when the ball, comes out Aaron Rodgers' hand, it's it's as pretty as it's ever been, just top to bottom with his ability to make every throw. I get there's guys with bigger arms or, or whatever it may be. But, no, Aaron Rodgers was awesome, and, and I think Mike McCarthy was the reason, the biggest reason they didn't win more. I've got somebody that tops Mike McCarthy as worst head coach ever to win a Super Bowl, okay? Okay. Head coach, of the, head coach of the Baltimore Colts in 1970, Don McCafferty. Okay. He took over for Shula and then was fired three years later after winning the Super Bowl. All right. The yes, legendary Don McCaff- McCafferty. If we're if we're building a team, no relation to Ed McCaffrey or, no. or obviously Christian or the rest of them. Yes. Although maybe somewhere along the line, their family trees. No, it's not McCaffrey. It's a McCafferty. No, I get it. I'm saying that maybe, you know, they're more likely related than, you know, mm. you and I are to them, is all I'm saying. Yeah. But if you want to tell me that... The next coach of the Cowboys or my favorite team, if I'm driving around, could either be Don McCafferty or Mike <laughs> Mike McIntyre. I'm going to have to think long and hard about it. Okay. And they'd only been using the forward pass for a couple of years then. Uh, and so, uh, but yeah, he did have, I guess, Johnny Unitas near the end, right? And that yeah. was part of it. Yeah. Like, that was the blunder way, bowl. The blunder bowl he won. We're, we're also talking, you know, 53 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah. You know, the game's evolved a little. Slightly. And I'm not sure that McCarthy has evolved with it enough. Okay. All right. Wow. Brandon Kristall, KOA in Denver. Thank you, sir. Sure. I can't wait to see these clips and, and see who agrees with me and who doesn't. <laughs> okay. Go Appreciate- Buffs, as they say in Boulder. I, I don't really care, but it'll be fun to watch. Go Buffs. All right. Right on. Brandon Kristall joining us, talking a little CU football. Good to uh, have him here. And a lot of Dion chatter yesterday and today coming out of the weekend after Colorado's big win over TCU. Standing by, headlines, kind sir, Andrew Bogish. DA, they hadn't beaten a top 10 team since 1989. They hadn't beaten Clemson since 2004. Duke ran over all that history last night in Durham. Three wideouts to the right. Here's the snap. The give to Moore running right. Chase into the edge inside the five. And he's in! Touchdown! Jacquez Moore with his first of the season. And it's 19-7 with 10 on Learfield IMG, a pick, another rushing score, polished off a 28-7 upset of ninth-ranked Clemson. The Tigers passed and ran for over 200 yards apiece, but fumbled twice inside the Duke 10 and had two field goals blocked. They keep saying it's not a problem, but it keeps happening. Georgia staff member Jarvis Jones, a former All-American linebacker, is the latest Bulldog arrested for a moving violation. This was Friday night and for reckless driving and speeding. 12 players have had similar troubles since winning the national title. And of course, there was the fatal crash in January as well. Dodgers lefty Julio Arias arrested Sunday night on felony domestic violence charges. He had a similar arrest in 2019, was never formally charged them, but did serve a 20-game suspension. The team saying only that Arias is not 
on their current road trip. On the field yesterday, the Astros are kind of tied for the AOS lead. 2-1. Altuve drives this one deep to right center. Racing back on it now. Tavares still going back at the wall. Looking up. See you later! Back-to-back jacks for the second time in the ballgame. Dupont and Altuve. And it's 13-5 Astros. Robert Ford on Astros Radio. Yes, Jose Altuve, Mauricio Dubon going back-to-back twice in a 13-6 route of the Rangers in Texas. The Mariners lost in Cincy in the afternoon, 6-3, so their lead on Houston is one-thousandth of a percentage point. Those res- I never, I couldn't wrap my mind around this stat when I saw this over the weekend. They've played 130 games or something like this. Yeah. How could they be a did you say a thousandth? So it's point zero zero one is the difference between them right now because what's their records? Seattle has one less win and one less loss than the Astros. So they've played two fewer games. So their win percentage is five sixty two and Houston's is five sixty one. But Gosh. Because, but that still is technically one of those virtual ties, but Seattle wins it by that point zero zero one. Right, but okay, so that makes more sense that it, okay, so one of them has played two fewer games. Yes, the Mariners have played two fewer games, so their one less win gets overcome by that. That's so interesting. Yeah. Mathematics, who knew, boys? Uh, the Reds remain in a virtual tie with Arizona for the last NL wildcard spot since the D-backs beat the Rockies 4-2 yesterday. The Phillies outscored the Padres 9-7. The Orioles got a 6-3 win in Anaheim, pushing their AL East lead to three and a half games on the Rays. 7-3 losers to the Red Sox. Shohei Otani a late scratch from that game after hurting his right oblique during BP. Otani's agent says they plan on him DHing through next season, then resuming pitching. They also expect a procedure on Otani's elbow this winter, but did not say Tommy John. From the NFL, Mike White beats Skylar Thompson to back up Tua in Miami. And Cooper Cup saw a specialist in Minnesota yesterday for his hamstring injury, which happened August 1st, then a setback last week. Sean McVay expects another update tomorrow, still calling Cup day-to-day for now. USA Basketball about to face Italy in the FIBA World Cup quarterfinals. Slovenia has already beaten Lithuania today, 87-68. And Alex Verev beat Yannick Sinner in five sets in four hours, 41 minutes to reach the U.S. Open quarterfinals. The match ending at 1.39 a.m. Eastern. And now, we're stunned. It doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy. This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show to a news. The DA show is stunned to a news. Anybody can have an oopsie taping a podcast. A true genius, a true trailblazer does this. It's just a a biohazard issue. You know, we've had a passenger who had diarrhea all the way through the airplane, so... They want us to come back to Atlanta. Uh, that is an actual Delta pilot. I can't believe you got the audio. Who was flying from Atlanta to Barcelona last Friday. Long they were flight. about two hours into the flight, still, I believe, over the U.S., when this person, apparently hurrying down the aisle, sprayed the worst kind oh, of shrapnel no. everywhere. No. One more time. Listen closely. It's just a, a biohazard issue. I, you know, we've had a passenger who had diarrhea all the way through the airplane, so 
They want us to come back to Atlanta. A biohazard, diarrhea all the way through the airplane. Not, didn't do a number on the bathroom, didn't clog a toilet. It was coming out, and it went everywhere. So they had to turn the plane around. (laughs) Now the passengers got off and got on a different plane and got to Barcelona about eight hours later than scheduled. The plane got cleaned and put basically right back into service. Nobody knows exactly what was wrong with this person or if they were allowed and recovered in time to then take that second flight to Barcelona. They can't be on that second flight. I wouldn't allow it. They just can't. Sorry. Nope. 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 I'm going to prison if they're getting back on that plane because I'm putting my (laughs) fist through their face for ruining. Imagine they were how many hours into the flight? Two. Two. So two but hours still, in, yeah. two hours back yeah. to Atlanta, four right. hours of my time you've wasted because you just soiled yourself. And we didn't the- even get to Barcelona. You still got to get to Barcelona. You, you're right back where you started. Exactly. Mm-hmm. How? Can you imagine the amount of shame? The shame alone wouldn't be enough. You you need more. You need, a, you need to be publicly ridiculed. This story is outrageous, <laughs> but I th- I've thought about this story quite a bit. Okay. Because, of course. If it's a really elderly person, I think it it's a, you sing a bit of a different tune. So based on, as far as I can see, the, la- the lack of people taking videos of this, it must have been a situation that maybe somehow they're sympathetic to. Must be some type of empathy because you're right. They haven't identified the person. Correct. No video. Right. Nobody at the airport freaking out into their phone, tweeting, can you believe this? Or a video that they put on Instagram or TikTok. You wouldn't believe what happened. So I have diarrhea all over my plane. So you're right. There might have been an extenuating circumstance that people... Yeah. So we don't wait. We don't have an idea on this person. No, as far as nah, I know, we no, don't. going to come back to bite me. No identity. I mean, Man. we've got video of planes with like turbulence. People think they're going to die. They pull their their phones out. Nobody has posted a video of on the plane. Like, oh my god, I'm in the poop plane. Like, there's nothing. <laughs> the poop plane. So don't. must people must have felt bad for whoever it was. Well, if you're a capable person, like, you know, elderly, I guess uh, there are extenuating circumstances. But how do you not? Go sooner. Like there's you. You have stages. You feel it. You you know. You get the runs. You're like, whoa. Let well, me get to a bathroom now. Look, I've been. I talked about this. What was the last time we flew? I, I forget. I think my wife and I, when we went down to Florida, that was the Ed Ogeron trip. Mm. I think I was like, I had to go. To, I had to go number one really bad when we started like buckling in, and now everybody was already sat, and yep. we're not supposed to get up until it took off, and we were like taxiing for a while. And I was like, oh my God, I really got to go to the bathroom. And I started panicking in my head, like, when am I going to get to go to the bathroom? And ultimately, I just was like, you know what? Don't think about it. And then I relaxed myself, bladder control, boom, went down. And we got up into the the air and then I could, you know, go calmly. But I thought to myself, you could really put yourself into a panic situation if you didn't know when you were going to get to go. And then suddenly you got to go and they're like, everybody buckled. Yeah. Take your seats, and not until we get however many thousands of feet in the air. The drink cart gets in the way sometimes. Yeah. And I've been on planes, like, when there is turbulence, you, you're not supposed to get up. Right. Like, one, what, fine with the kids, it was bad. They got sick, and I couldn't, the lady wouldn't come take the sick bag. I couldn't bring it to her, so I had to sit there and hold a bag of puke while we were going through <laughs> all of this nonsense. So, like, I mean, you can, you can absolutely get 
It's not all your fault. It's not all your own timing. Right. That's exactly right. Now, to have a situation that is so explosive that it becomes a biohazard <laughs> that's around coming the out plate. of your clothes. <laughs> that's that's the part that worries me here. Yeah. What was this person eating? You're two hours into a flight. Now, at that point in time, you should have enough time to have gone to the bathroom. If you have to be in there for an hour, two hours, so be it. But like the the fact that it becomes a biohazard, is it shorts that it's coming out of? Is it coming out of the top? Oh. Around the belt, oh. the belt area. And oh. what's the threshold for biohazard? Like, are we talking about a couple right. of droplets? Are we talking about, like, what? Right. What, where do they, the flight attendants go? We're, I'm not the, doing that. The pilot said it's throughout the plane. Yeah. That's a key term here. Throughout the plane. We're talking about, like, fire hose spraying no, no, splatter. No, I don't think that's the sprinkler. Case. No, I don't think, I don't think it's <laughs> throughout a... Throughout the plane. I don't think it's a splatter, but I do think it could be a drip throughout the plane. Right. Oh. Left, left a trail oh. down yeah, your legs yes. or going down... All the way down yeah. the you aisle. Know, I really don't have any sympathy because if you have these kinds of problems... That's Dude, not you're something... one day away from being a biohazard. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> No, I mean, it is true. If you're if you've got this issue, you should not be flying from Atlanta to Barcelona. That too. That's, that's I'll be on a plane tomorrow. God forbid if that happened. You know, you wouldn't be, you'd drive. And this <laughs> yeah. is probably not a one off, so you've probably had these kinds of stomach problems before. You shouldn't be eating whatever it is before an eight hour flight. You don't get on that flight, I'm sorry. If you you just can't fly. You just tech, you gotta take a boat. Do they do that anymore? Can you? I mean, they do have boats. <laughs> yeah. We do sail still, do you? Can you, get, can you get from New York to Barcelona by boat anymore? I don't know if there's a, if there's a transatlantic <laughs> yeah. cruise anymore. I think there have been a few since the Titanic, but I'm not sure. But that's a, you know, that's a tough call. You're not flying to Boston. So, like, you got to make the call like, okay, that's a tummy rumble, but I got to get to Spain, so we're going to gamble. And gamble he did, and he lost. When we come back, Kyler Murray's a captain? DA, CBS Sports Radio. Good value, big upside. DA, word up. Nation of the aliens, much respect. I'm loving it, man. It's DA on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Thanks so much for being with us on this Trash Tuesday. The Cardinals are making Kyler Murray one of their captains. Now, granted, there's a lot of captains, so he's not the only one. But this strikes me as the type of thing you do to try to convince a young man who is not necessarily a leader to learn how to be a leader. I always found this was this was interesting. I was covering the Patriots at the time, and they made Randy Moss one of their captains. I said, this is so bizarre. Randy Moss is a wildly talented player, but he is not a football captain. When I talked to people behind the scenes, they said, yeah, but if you give him that responsibility, he's got to now act more professional. He's got to act like a leader because you've given him that that role. And so I wonder if they're doing the same thing with Kyler Murray in Arizona. You don't act like a leader, but we're going to make you a captain. Even if you're not playing, trying to teach you how to be one because it doesn't really smell right. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.